You're listening to the Back Row Jet Show, part of the Back Row Network. Goal for Manana. Darnold. Touchdown. Le'Veon Bell. Beautiful touch throw by Darnold. Darnold trying to extend his drive. Throws off his back foot off balance and he somehow finds Crowder. Here's some time that's deflected. And picked off Mosey. Now take it in. It's a pick six. Over the middle, caught, Mims, touchdown! Here's a pass to Perman who catches it for his third touchdown play of the game. Now your host, Tom Tuttle and John Eddie Jr. Welcome into another episode of the Back Row Jet Show. I am Tom Tuttle, John Eddie Jr. is not with me and you know it's uh, I probably should make a different intro because you know he's probably not going to be with me. Uh, too often anymore, but uh, we're going to carry on without him uh, for a little while. He's doing the Back Row Eagles show, so please go check that out. That should be a lot of fun. Um, obviously, the Eagles didn't uh, finish their game off the way they should have, and the Jets never even started. But there are going to be some good things about the Jets during the season, I hope, and there's going to be some bad things for sure. Um, and some ugly things as well. So that leads me into the first segment that I would like to do on the New York Jets, and that is... The good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, I guess we're going to have to start somewhere, and I guess we'll start with the good, because there just wasn't really all that much that really was good for the New York Jets this week. Um, I guess I'll start with the main thing that I saw was the Jets did what I said was going to be one of the keys to success this week and was we stopped Singletary and we stopped Zach Moss, the new rookie for the Buffalo Bills, who they used a lot. So side note, if you're into fantasy football, Zach Moss is somebody that is being used a lot, and I'm not sure why, and it kind of hurts the value of Singletary and I'll tell you why I'm not sure why in a second. Because not only the Jets take care of him, they shut him down. They shut Zach Moss down to the point of where he had one point something yards per carry. Where Singletary had three point something yards per carry. So it's not great, but it's at least acceptable. And Singletary, to me, is way better of an option than, than Zach Moss at this moment. But they're giving Zach Moss a chance to prove himself. I guess that's what they need to do. It didn't really matter. They they had the lead for the entire game, so they could do they could do what they want. And I understand why they probably did. I don't know whether or not that's going to be something that they're going to do for the rest of the season. It's going to be a 50-50 split between Zach Moss and and Singletary because as far as rushes were, were they both had nine rushes. So I, it's weird. They have both had nine attempts, but I believe Singletary did get. Obviously, I think he got more yards, um, but he also got more receptions. I don't even know if Zach Moss got maybe one reception. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm not going to dig into that. We're not. It's not the Buffalo Bills show, and it's not fantasy football. So we'll go back to the point that I was making about the New York Jets. The Jets actually did a really good job against the running game, except for maybe Josh Allen. Well, we can probably get into that uh, a little bit later. But I thought that was at least something good that the Jets showed me initially uh, in week one. And another thing that they thought was something that we could categorize as good, I mean, it is good, it's a good thing, that, uh, you know, 
we had a little screen pass to uh, Jameson Crowder, and he took it to the house. So that was kind of nice to see. I thought that was exciting, and it it gave me some glimmer of hope that maybe that was the key to get us back into the game. Obviously, it wasn't. So I thought that was kind of nice to see. Um, but that kind of leads me into the bad portion <laughs> uh, of the good, be- the get the bad and the ugly. Um, I'll just get right to it. The bad was that Sam Donald was bad. He was bad. And as much as I was praising him this offseason, thinking that he was going to turn this around, he absolutely proved me wrong. It looked like he was seeing ghosts again. He was running all over the place. And that's another side pro- or side note to this. The offensive line really didn't do their job like I thought they were going to do this year. Obviously, it's game one. So there's there's things out there to where it's like, okay, well, it's game one. We're on the road. There was no crowd. So you would think that it wouldn't really affect them that much. It's against the Buffalo Bills, who is the best team in our division. There's no doubt about it. Another another good note, I wasn't expecting to win this game. I was not expecting to win this game at all. So it's at least at least makes me feel, okay, well, well whatever. You know, we, we, we lost to the Buffalo Bills, but the way we lost to the Buffalo Bills was just really, really bad. And I, I hope, <laughs> I hope it gets a lot better. Uh, for the rest of the season and even into next week. And we're, we'll talk about next week in a little bit, um, but it, I'm still on the bad part. And I, the bad could go on forever and ever, and it's probably going to bleed into the ugly because that obviously happens all the time. But not only was the offense completely out of sync and everything just looked bad, everything, the running game, the passing game, the wide receivers actually looked okay but just the passing game in general with Sam Donald not having time to throw, running around for his life. He, that one throw he had was just awful. I don't know what he was doing. That was his interception throw. That was just an absolutely worst throw I've seen him make in maybe ever. It was really stupid. But not only was it that, but the defense was bad. It, it, you might look at some of the stat lines and say, well, Marcus May had a good stat line. He had a lot, a lot of tackles. He had a sack. He had a strip, a strip from uh, – uh, uh, Josh Allen, you know, he made everybody, he made him fumble. All that's fine. I mean, if you're playing an IDP in fantasy, yeah, that's really good. It was really good for me because I do have Marcus May in one of my leagues in IDP. But that's that's not that doesn't mean your defense is good. It doesn't even technically mean that the the player in itself is good. Now, I do believe Marcus May is a good player, so it pans out that he made a lot of points because nobody else was tackling. And the only other people that were tackling were the cornerbacks because they continued to let the wide receivers get open down the field, and Diggs had a good game. All all the wide receivers had a decent game, and we could not. And this is what I have to take back a little bit what I said last week in, in the keys to win the game. I said... That the Jets, I thought they'd be able to handle the passing attack because Josh Allen's not the greatest thrower. I thought maybe there's a chance we could just take care of that. I was scared of the running backs, and I was scared of Josh Allen running the ball on us, which he did. He got a rushing touchdown. And not only that, but he got like 50-some yards on his feet, which is hard to contain and understand how difficult that is to – Think about a quarterback who can run the ball, but also a quarterback who is now able to throw the ball, at least it looks like. Maybe it's just the, the Jets' uh, defense that is absolutely horrendous, and we just let the the Buffalo Bills march down the field every single time. And, and let's be clear, the Bills were trying. They were trying to give us that game. They made 
so many little mistakes. The two fumbles by Josh Allen, that was gifts. Gifts that we could have taken advantage of, and we did not. We did not take advantage of either one of them fumbles. And that's on the New York Jets. That's on Sam Darnold. That's on the offense. That's on uh, Adam Gase, for all I can say. It's just really bad when you can't take advantage of turnovers. Um, not only that, but in the in the second half, their kicker missed two field goals that should be made. They weren't like 60-yard field goals for by any means. So the kicker messed up, gave us an opportunity to continue to come back into this game. We lost by 10 points. 10 points, and we were terrible. And the Buffalo Bills looked like we were losing by 40 points. It literally, literally felt that way. There's no way we should have even been hanging around in that game at all, and we continued to have a chance to do something. Now, we didn't really lose by 10 points. That last touchdown was absolute garbage. That was garbage time. They're, they let us have that touchdown. It meant nothing. They knew we weren't coming back from that. And, um, yeah, and it was uh, Josh Adams that ended up getting the touchdown. It wasn't Le'Veon Bell. It wasn't Frank Gore. It wasn't LeMichael P. Ryan because, you know, he's not even on the field right now. He's still battling that injury. Uh, but we just cut Josh Adams, and here we go. I mean, he's already the number one league uh, team scorer for the New York Jets as far as the running back go. It's pretty sad right now. And that does lead me into the uh, the ugly because it is likely – that the New York Jets will not have Le'Veon Bell on Sunday against the 49ers, which obviously I don't know if we're going to win or not. We'll get into that a little bit later, so stay, stay tuned. But Le'Veon Bell suffered a hamstring injury in Sunday's loss to the Bills, and uh, Adam Gase said it could be a couple weeks until he is ready to play again, and that is just so demoralizing. What else could happen to this offense i mean every every wide receiver has been hurt except for maybe crowder he had a little bit of a twinge there but nothing big with crowder i'm i'm good with crowder but every other wide receiver has been hurt to some extent and it's really not it's not looking good as far as health wise for the offense right now um and to top on uh the the ugly with Le'Veon bell getting hurt it's it's worse because it kind of feels like Adam Gase thinks it's his fault. And maybe we should put a little blame on Adam Gase there. I don't know. But before getting hurt in the second quarter, Bell was having a really quiet day. He only had 14 rushing yards on six carries, and I think he had two catches for 32 yards. Um, and he got that injury when he fell uh, down on an incomplete pass, which was, you know, uh, there was a holding penalty on the Bills linebacker. Um, but – he probably shouldn't have played the rest of the game or any even attempted to, but he started the second half with the hamstring wrapped, but obviously didn't stay on the field too long. And uh, Adam Gase said, I'm mad at myself for uh, that I let him go back out there in the second half. Uh, that's the quote from Adam Gase. I'm like, well, well, and that could cost the Jets very, very, very dearly and severely because – we don't we don't need Le'Veon Bell to be the one that's not playing. I mean, he's he's one of the best running backs in the league. Obviously, last year he didn't do good because 
we uh, had a terrible offensive line, the worst offensive line probably in the history of the New York Jets. I honestly can't remember an offensive line that was that bad. Now, I'm not saying the offensive line was absolutely horrendous this week. It just wasn't good. It just wasn't good enough. It was better than last year. I could already tell that. It was already better than last year. But we just didn't perform good all around. I don't know if it's the, the fact that we didn't have preseason games. We got a lot of new offensive linemen and, you know, things that we didn't get the time to gel together. You know, all that stuff. You can say all that stuff all you want. The fact of the matter is it was really bad. It was really ugly. And there was very few good things that the New York Jets did and that we can even talk about. But that's the good, the bad, and the ugly. Now we got to move on to two keys to success. Two keys to success for the New York Jets to win next week against the San Francisco 49ers. Well, that's going to be pretty difficult to do for the New York Jets because, well, we just looked really bad. But let's dig into it a little bit more because the New York Jets need a little bit of help on defense. So that's the first key to success is we need to stop the running game from doing anything because I don't trust in Garoppolo to do anything passing the ball let's just look at what he did passing the ball um Mostert caught four receptions that was the most receptions by anybody on the team other than George Kittle who we can talk about in a second because he has a sprained knee so he did come back when after the sprained knee into that game later but he was extremely unproductive so we'll talk about it in a second but Mostert had four catches he had 95 yards and he had that touchdown that's all we got to do. Concentrate on the running backs. Not just running the ball, but receiving the ball. Really, really, really pay attention to the running backs. Um, then George Kittle had four receptions as well. Um, but again, I don't know how healthy he's going to be with that sprained knee. So obviously we're going to have to pay attention to him. But I don't want to you know, spend all of our time looking at George Kittle and forgetting about the running backs because the running backs are going to be the keys to the New York Jets having a good defensive display against the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and then the next amount of receptions was who? Jarek McKinnon, who had three receptions, a grand total of three receptions for 20 yards, and he did have a touchdown. So who are catching the touchdowns for the San Francisco 49ers right now. It's not George Kittle because he was unproductive coming back off of his injury, but it's the running backs. It's Mostert and McKinnon. These two guys got the scores for the San Francisco 49ers. There was no rushing touchdowns for the 49ers. It was all receiving touchdowns for the running backs. So let's look at the other guys for the, the, the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. I don't think that's really a big deal there. He only had two receptions. Um, Reed had a couple of receptions, so I don't. I don't think we have to worry about that too much. Uh, they, they just really don't have it. They got Pettis. They got uh, obviously Coleman's sitting out there. I don't know what they're going to do with him as far as another running back. We should maybe watch and keep an eye on. But it doesn't seem like they were using him last week. I don't know if they're going to use him, uh, him at all this week. Uh, it's something to keep an eye on because Coleman is a talent that you know we've seen what he can do um back in the day with the falcons so uh, we have to we have to really concentrate to on these running backs receiving the ball and running the ball if we can stop the running backs in general we can stop the 49ers from scoring too many points and that's 
the key, the first key to success for the New York Jets uh, next week against the 49ers. The second key to success is get DeAndre Hopkins. Is that is that an option? We need DeAndre Hopkins. Can we get that? Because that's what that's basically what Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals did. They threw to DeAndre Hopkins. 14 receptions for Hopkins, 153 yards. Um, no, he didn't get any touchdowns uh, at all, but it didn't matter. He was the target. Larry Fitzgerald had four receptions. Um, Chase Edmonds ended up having three receptions. We need somebody. Maybe it's Jamison Crowder who is going to step up and be that guy to to get the receptions, move the sticks. We need Perryman. We need Crowder. We need uh, Mims if he's available. I don't even know if that's going to happen. But it's obvious that the, we're not going to be able to run the ball. Le'Veon Bell is probably not going to play, I would imagine. And Frank Gore was almost a nobody at that point. I, I don't think we have somebody who can run the ball and make, and make the San Francisco defense look terrible. It's not going to happen. Obviously, we're going to need to run the ball a little bit. But, I mean, Frick, Kenyon Drake only had 16. He had 16 rushes for only 60 yards. That's 3.8 yards per carry. That's not terrible, but it wasn't good enough. He did have a touchdown, but they got down the field with DeAndre Hopkins. That's We need one guy to do really, really, really well receiving the ball and that starts with Sam Darnold. That starts with the offensive line. And we need well, the wide receivers to really, really step up this week. That is the only real way the offense can can win against the San Francisco 49ers. And unfortunately, Kyler Murray is a completely different type of quarterback than Sam Darnold is. Kyler Murray has electricity. He, he's that electric type of player who can run out, he can scramble, he can do that, and then he can make a throw. But he was targeting one guy and one guy only, and that was DeAndre Hopkins. And it got it done. They won the game because of that. So that is the second key to success for the New York Jets to win this game against the San Francisco 49ers. It's not going to be easy because their defense is really, really good. And that's why a high-powered team like I think the, the Cardinals are going to be this year only scored 24 points. And they won the game 24-20. to 20. If we can hold somehow, <laughs> I'm going back to my other key to success. If we can somehow hold the San Francisco 49ers to 17 points or less, we have a chance to win this game. But the 49ers defense is way better, way better than the Buffalo Bills defense. So to say that we're going to score 17 points is really a stretch as it is. We need to really pump up our wide receivers this week. It's not going to be the running backs. If Le'Veon Bell doesn't play, it's not going to be, Frank Gore is not going to take the entire load. And it's not going to be uh, Josh Adams either. We, we got to focus our attention on the wide receivers this week in practices, in everything we do. It needs to be pass, 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 pass. Run the ball a few times. Obviously, you got to keep them guessing. But we have to pass the ball against this team. That's the only way we're going to win is if we can stop the running backs all together, obviously keep an eye on George Kittle, see how he's doing, progressing throughout the week, whether or not that sprained knee is going to really affect him or not. We're going to have to find out. But that's it. we got to stop the running backs, and we got to pass the ball on the offensive side. That is it. 
All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Back Row Jets Show. I hope you enjoyed it. It's really difficult to enjoy uh, listening <laughs> to somebody be so negative about because it, that, that game was just horrible. Absolute garbage. Very little things that we can take from that, except for, like I said, the, the Jets did stop the Bills running backs, at least the running game. And maybe not so much the running backs, but we, jet, we stopped the running backs from running, <laughs> if that makes any sense. But that's the key to success, obviously. I already covered that uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, and I think we can do that again. I think there's a real good chance that we can stop them. The running backs aren't great. But that's the only thing we have to do. I don't think we have to really cut, worry about Kittle too much. And I don't think we have to worry about their wide receivers at all. But the wide receivers are probably going to get a little bit of boost because they just saw what uh, the Buffalo Bills did to us. And it wasn't pretty. So our cornerbacks need to step up as well just to make sure, just to make sure that the wide receivers don't go crazy in this game. But I don't trust in Jimmy Garoppolo to do that. So I feel a little bit more confident actually about this game than I did about the Buffalo Bills game. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But anyway, that's going to do it for the New York, for the Back World Jets show. Um, again, if, if, you've, if you're listening to us and you haven't done it yet, please give us a little ranking. It really does help us out, get a little bit more noticed. Um, we're not just the only back row show around. Again, I, the John A. Jr. is doing the back row Eagles show. We got the back row uh, uh, Packers show or the Patriots show. Well, I don't know. We got a bunch of them. We don't have them all yet, but it's it's filling up the back row Raiders show. I want to do plug that a little bit. The back row Dolphins show. There's a lot of them. Go out there and check out the back row network and get yourself acquainted with all of them because it's 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 time. It's football season. <laughs> so go get all your information you need to know so that you can talk to your friends at the water cooler at work if you are working. We don't know with COVID-19 and all that. So um, also check out Fantasy Fuel if you're into fantasy football because Fantasy Fuel is me and John Eddie Jr., the guy that used to join me quite often on the back row jet show. But, uh, yeah, go check it out, fantasyfuelpodcast.com. You can check out our rankings and all that stuff. And if, also, if you're, in the back, uh, if you're into fantasy football, check out the Back Row Fantasy Show as well. They do a very good job at the same time as we do. All right, thank you for listening, and we will see, we, see you next week.